The Lord has laid something on my heart for you tonight, and, and for me too. It's not just for you. It's, it's to help all of us. And uh, I believe if you'll open your heart to receive and really listen to what I'm saying, um, God's, God wants to bring us into more. Amen. Amen. That's what we're, uh, we keep hearing throughout you know, the past several, I don't know, several months or so, you know, that what God's been saying over and over, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. There are, there are rooms that we have yet to get into. There's places in the spirit that we have yet to see. Well, that's not just for the pastor. That's for each one of us. And uh, God wants to bring us into more, but we have to follow him into it. Amen. Amen. Pastor Craig and Pastor Jenny have been ministering along the lines of being led by the Spirit. Have you been enjoying that? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's been a tremendous help. Um, you know, because if we don't know how to be led by the Spirit, then there's not much else that we will know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's everything. Yeah. Getting, getting the wisdom of God, knowing how to follow Him, yes. recognizing His voice, yes. it's, it, it matters, yes. you know? And uh, the Lord laid on my heart tonight to do something um, along those lines, but I'm going to cover a specific facet of it, um, and, and I, I believe it'll help you tonight. So my sermon is called, There's a Stone for Every Giant. There's a Stone for Every Giant. Now, I was, I was uh, actually I was praying with someone about a week or so ago. And as I was praying for them, um, up this phrase, there is a stone for every giant, it came right out of my spirit while I was praying for them. And uh, the Lord was, had been talking to me about something along these lines, but um, this phrase kind of, it, it, give a, it gives a visual. You understand, because we're very familiar with this story about David and Goliath. Um, and how David was a shepherd boy and was the least likely candidate to be going out and slaying a giant who had, who had left soldiers and, and people who were skilled in battle uh, literally quivering in their boots because of his threats. And David, a shepherd boy, but a shepherd boy who knew God. A shepherd boy who had faith in God saw those threats that the giant was making and heard them for what they were, which was just empty words. He heard what was intimidating to some and didn't allow that intimidation to talk him out of what he knew was his. Amen? Amen. There's a reason why we refer so often to this story about David and Goliath, because it is, I mean... It, there's such a wonderful example of the spirit of faith yes. and how the spirit of faith refuses to be intimidated. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so I, I w- was talking to this person and they were dealing with a situation in their life. Uh, you know, uh, really what we could say is a giant. And um, the, the Lord said in, in that time of prayer, there's a stone for every giant. In other words, there's a specific way that we can overcome every single giant that we face. Amen. Amen. There is, you know, I I was reminded about this story and how uh, King Saul, when when David had had said, you know what, I'm going to fight this guy. I'm going to, you know, he he met Saul and Saul tried to dress him in armor. Didn't he? You remember that? 
Y'all, maybe you don't remember the story, but you may have seen the VeggieTales <laughs> depiction. Uh, but they put David in this armor, right? And, these, and gave him these wonderful weapons. And David said, uh-uh, I'm not wearing any of that. I'm not doing any of that. Why? Because he was going to take what he was skillful with, what he had developed skill with, and he was gonna, God was going to use him the way that he had used him to gain victory before. And um, you'll remember that David didn't just pick up one stone, right? He picked up stones not only for Goliath, but for every single one of Goliath's brothers. If he tried to, you know, if they tried to defend his honor. So he was ready to take out everybody. <laughs> and I, again, that's the spirit of faith. Again, it's I'm not just satisfied with one victory. I'm going to take all of y'all. I'm, I, there was no intimidation. Yeah. Oh, well, there's power in numbers and they had so many people. So what? So what? He had God Almighty on his side. Yeah. Amen. And, and those uh, Philistines were uncovenanted. And so they had nothing that could stand against the covenant. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, um, so there was a stone that David had for every single one of those giants. And for you tonight, this is, this is a word of encouragement to you, but I'm going to help you talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about some things and, and how we can get the knowledge of those stones, stones that will help us defeat the giant and how the Holy Spirit will lead us and he will give us the exact thing that we need so that we can walk in victory over the thing that we face. Amen. Amen. So turn with me to the book of John and chapter 16. John 16. John 16 and verse 13. Uh, you will have heard this scripture. We, Pastor Craig and Pastor Jenny have referred to it uh, many times in this series. So John 16, 13. In the King James it says this. I love this scripture. This is what we call a jackpot scripture. Okay? Um, why are we going to talk about Well, you'll find out here. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. This is a jackpot verse. Do you understand? We, we find out in this verse what part of the assignment of the Holy Spirit is. Do you know he's assigned to show you what's coming? Do you know you never have to be taken by surprise by anything in your life? If you will get to know the Holy Spirit, he will show you things to come. He will show you. You don't have to convince him to do it. You don't have to, you know, jerk his arm. You don't have to pay him for it. He said he will show you yeah. things to come. It's, it's his desire to show you things to come. It's the father's desire that you know what's coming in your life. Amen. 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 You should know the season that you're in. You should know what God's emphasizing in your life. You should know how he's directing you, what stage, you know, you, if we're not supposed to be walking around aimlessly, right? right? Amen. Oh, well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Well, you know, maybe some of those ways are mysterious in that our minds can't grasp them, but we should be knowing about the plan that God has for us. Yes. Amen. Amen. 
He will show you things to come. Amen. That's something to get excited about. Yes. Amen. I don't have to walk around in darkness. Amen. You don't have to walk around in darkness because he will show you things to come. Amen. Amen. But that's not the part I'm emphasizing tonight. It's how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. I love, I love that the Bible calls him the spirit of truth. One translation says, the truth giving spirit. In other words, that's what the Holy Spirit has to give, it's truth. He does not have anything but truth to give to you. He is the spirit of truth. We hear a lot of things nowadays, don't we? There's a lot of, oh my God, the internet is a crazy place. Um, it is, it is a crazy place. And a lot of people are saying that so-and-so said this, and they had somebody on the inside, and they know that this is happening. And there's, you know, if you spend any length of time on that, which I would not recommend, um, but you spend any length of time on that, you end up in, in such a, a web of, of tomfoolery and um, you know and, and really all it does is it just binds you up and keeps you in a position of fear when you take all of that in because you start to feel uh, when people entertain these things like, like these conspiracies and whatnot, there's a hopelessness that comes to them because you start to think nowhere is safe. Nothing is safe. Everybody's trying to oppress me. Everybody, you know, I can't live my life. I can't do what I want. Well, listen, the Holy Spirit is the truth-giving spirit. He's the spirit we should be entertaining, not the spirit of the world, which is full of fear. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, we can rest assured that when the Holy Spirit says something to us, it's truth. It's not clouded by a false interpretation. It's not a half-truth. Or, or, or part of it is right, part of it is not. You don't have to chew the hay and spit out the sticks with the Holy Ghost. Right? We could say it this way. The Holy Spirit is a reliable source. Did you hear that? You ever get in trouble in school for using Wikipedia as a source? Anybody? No? Maybe it's just me. Some of y'all, anyways, never mind. Um, but when, when we were in school, our teachers would threaten our lives. And they would say, don't you ever let me find you citing Wikipedia as a source in any of your papers that you do. Why is that? Because literally anyone can write anything down on Wikipedia. And it's out there. You know, these are not, generally speaking, these articles that you read on, on Wikipedia, they're not... Um, they're not written by, you know, people who know what they're talking about. It's, it's the general population who has compiled this information. And so, so you might be getting some accurate stuff, but you also might be getting some inaccurate stuff. So, they, so in other words, what they would tell us is Wikipedia is not a reliable source. Why? Because you can't trust all of the information you get from it. It's not a reliable source. Well, um, it also says here in this verse that the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of truth shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So the Holy Spirit is a reliable source because he only says what he hears the Father say. He does not uh, interpret anything the Father says and then give you an idea. He doesn't give you the gist. Of what the plan of God is. He, what he says to you, the Father has said. That's right. 
Amen. That's why he's a good uh, translator or a good interpreter. Why? Because he says exactly what the one he's interpreting is communicating. Let me give you an example of this. Years ago, Pastor Craig mentioned uh, on this past Sunday, actually, that we went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. And uh, that was the part of the trip that was in the plan of God. And we were grateful. Uh, you know, we're grateful for the things that we learn on those things and whatever. Anyways, uh, we went on that trip to the Dominican Republic. And I remember there was a, uh, we were working with a certain organization. And they had assigned interpreters to uh, work with Pastor Craig and uh, some of us when we were ministering. And there was one particular guy, I won't say his name, I, I doubt he's watching, because this was years ago, and they, they, they don't follow us. Um, but um, there, there was this one guy, you never know, so, and once it's on the internet, it's out there. So um, there's this one guy who was interpreting for Pastor Craig, and he was a sweet guy, he was, he was wonderful, but um, he was not accustomed to feeling the anointing when he would interpret for someone. And when Pastor Craig was ministering, there was an anointing that he would sense because that anointing came on Pastor Craig to minister. And so it would come on him the same way. And so I remember on one of the services, he, he was done the service and he, he had to excuse himself and he went outside and he just wept and wept and wept because he had never, he'd never felt an anointing like that before. Because, you know, this was uh, an organization that really, uh, t technically they don't believe all the things that we believe and, and they, there wasn't that same word and spirit standard, let's put it that way, from these people. So anyways, he was a good man, he was a good interpreter, but he was sensing that anointing for the first time. And so that first time, he, he wept and wept and wept because he didn't know what it was. And Pastor Craig explained to him, you know, that's the anointing that's on you that you're, you're sensing. And uh, he was excited about that. And so he got to interpret for Pastor Craig at a different service again, and he was really excited and, uh, you know, he was just, he was ready because he knew when I, when I preach with this man, when I interpret what this man is saying, that anointing is going to come on me. And so he started doing it at another service. Um, and we noticed that, you know, he would, he would say something and then Pastor Craig would say something and then this guy would say something and it would take a little bit longer to, to, to get. And, and so, you know, we just... We don't know Spanish, you know, that well. Uh, so we're just, you know, living our best life. And I distinctly remember it. There was the wife of the leader of that organization said to us afterwards, she said this man's name. She said, brother, she said, you're doing such a great job up there with Pastor Craig. She said, but when you interpret, you're there to interpret. Yes. Right. You're not there to preach another sermon. So when he says something, say that. Because what you're doing is you're saying what he said and you're adding to it. Because again, he was zealous and he was sensing that anointing. He was so excited. And so he said, this is my shot. This is my big break. And I'm going to, you know, preach a little bit. But he wasn't being a faithful interpreter because he was adding to what was being said. And so she said, don't do that. She said, just preach what he preaches and don't add to it. I said all that to say this, the Holy Spirit doesn't add to what the Father says. 
He says exactly what the Father says. He is a reliable source, a reliable interpreter. Amen? Amen. And uh, look at this. Go back to that verse again. The spirit of truth, when he has come, he will guide you into all truth. All truth. He will guide you into all truth. There is not a single bit of truth that is off limits to the Holy Spirit. All truth pertaining to your life. Everything that you need to know in order to be successful with what God has for you, he knows it. And he's waiting for you to engage him so that he can lead you into it. Amen? He doesn't just have an idea of the truth. He knows the truth well enough to guide you into it. Did you hear that? When you go and you're, you know, you're touring something, you know, maybe it's a museum, maybe it's a historical, you know, place or whatever, and you go with a tour guide, how many of you know you're expecting that that tour guide is going to know something about the place that he's leading you to, right? What would happen if the tour guide got all of his information from Wikipedia <laughs> and then led you around and you, and you go and you find it and you're talking to somebody about it and you're like, yeah, you know, this place did this and this and this and th-. they're like, what are you talking about? That never happened there. You know, the tour guide is supposed to be familiar with the place they're guiding you into, yes. right? The Holy Spirit is very familiar with the truth. He knows the ins and outs of it. He knows it. He knows it like you would say, like, you know, the back of your hand. Okay. He's, he, he is very well acquainted and well versed with the truth. Meaning what? You can trust him. You can trust him that when he tells you to do something, it will lead you to truth. Oh, well, I don't understand how this thing that he's saying is going to get me to where I need to be. Oh, I don't understand how if I tithe that that's going to produce in my personal life. Oh, I don't know how walking in love with my mother-in-law is going to get me healing in my body. But he sees your life and he says, okay, They need to get here. Let me guide them into that. And he'll instruct you so that you get to the destination that God has for you. Amen? Amen. He is the perfect guide. And his leadership will always bring you to the end destination that God has for you. I'm so grateful for the Holy Ghost. Amen? What about this? Um, We have a lot of highfalutin technology nowadays. But some of you will remember the times where we didn't have... Um, reverse cameras in our vehicles, right? Or any of those 360, you know, cameras in your vehicles. And now you don't even have to look and you can reverse park in places, you know? And, uh, you know, our our grandparents would be appalled, you know, at the lack of skills we've developed because of how reliant on technology we are. Um, But back in the day, before all of that highfalutin stuff, Uh, on occasion if you were reverse parking somewhere and it was a tight spot you would get your passenger to get out of the vehicle and you you would say guide me into this spot spot me while I get in here especially if it was a tight spot you know and you got a couple of cars that may or may not have parked well but bless God you want to get a close spot into the mall because you don't want to walk all the way to the end of the parking lot at the grocery store so you're going to say listen sis get out the car and spot me Guide me into that lot, right? If I'm directing someone and I'm doing it properly, the goal is to get them parked and to make sure that no damage comes to their vehicle and that no damage comes to the vehicles around them. 
When the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth, he will do it and ensure that your life does not take on any damage. He will get you the best possible outcome and he'll do it without bringing you any harm. If you do things your way, there's a chance that you could get yourself into trouble. But if you follow the spirit of truth, come on, if you follow the spirit of truth, he will lead you into truth and he will lead you into uh, a place of peace. He'll lead you into a place where no harm comes to you because you followed what he said. Amen. Amen. He will ensure your life is preserved from damage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why this is a jackpot verse. Amen. So we are seeing here in this verse one of the primary ways that the Holy Spirit will guide us. It's by speaking the truth to us that he hears from the Father. So the guidance of the Holy Spirit, one of the ways, comes by the revelation of the truth. Okay, now turn with me to the book of John. I'm building something here. John, oh, we're already in John, aren't we? <laughs> so you were in John 16. Go to John chapter 8. <laughs> My bad. John chapter 8. We're going to start reading in verse 31. John 8, 31. It says this, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Notice it didn't say, if you love me a lot. It said, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples. People think that they can have mushy-gushy feelings for Jesus, and that makes them a disciple. But that's not what makes us disciples. What makes us a disciple is, are we continuing in the word? Are we abiding in the word? Is the word our standard? Is the word what we follow? Does the word dictate our steps? If we continue in the word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Now look at verse 32. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What is it that makes us free? The truth. The truth makes us free. Freedom is connected to knowing the truth. Right? You will only walk in freedom to the measure that you know the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. When you know the truth, when you believe the truth, when you've meditated on the truth and gotten it on the inside of you and the truth is big in you, that's when the power of the truth is unlocked yeah. and freedom comes. Amen. Amen. The spirit of truth's assignment is to guide us into all truth. Now, follow me here. So the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Ghost, he guides us into all truth and the truth will make us free. Therefore, we can say it this way. The Spirit will guide us into freedom. The Spirit will guide you into freedom. And how will He do it? By revealing unto you the truth. The Spirit will guide you into freedom. And He will guide you there by showing you the truth you need to implement. Amen? Your freedom is unlocked. By following the Spirit, by listening 
to the instruction that he gives. Amen. 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 When we follow the spirit, we're following him into our answer. Amen. He will. God knows what's going on in your life. Did you know that? (laughs) He is not a stranger to your circumstance. He sees the messes that we make. He is not disturbed by the messes that we make. He sees them and says, okay, they did that. That's fine. You confess your sin. You repent before God. That's done. Now his thing is, I'm going to get them out of there. But we have to follow him. We have to listen. We have to obey him and allow the spirit to guide us into freedom. Amen. Amen. In this life, there are ways of thinking. There are ways of speaking, ways of behaving that we pick up. Okay. And uh, uh, not everything that we pick up is going to help us. In fact, a lot of the things that we pick up will actually, um, will actually hinder us, you know, and lead to destruction if they're not dealt with, right? But thank God, one of the Holy Spirit's assignments is to lead us into freedom. Amen? Amen. The scripture says, you, sh- you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What does that mean? Don't be satisfied with someone else knowing the truth for you. You shall know the truth. You have a right to know what's going on in your life. You have a right to know and to get your answer for yourself. Oh, well, I just want to go to the pastor and ask him to get an answer for me. Well, thank God for that. God has put an anointing on him for each one of us. And uh, there's help that comes from that anointing. But don't use that anointing as a replacement for getting to know the truth yourself. You have a responsibility. How you treat the truth is how the truth will treat you. That's right. That's good. How you treat the truth, look at that, that's a tongue twister. I had to say that slowly. How you treat the truth will determine the measure of freedom that you walk in. Oh, well, I thought that Jesus made me free when he washed me in his blood and when, because of the victory that he won at Calvary. Yes, total freedom is available to you. But you can still get yourself caught up in things that you don't need to be caught up in. And get yourself tangled up in a mess. And uh, what we do is our job is to enlarge our capacity to receive, but also gain more and more revelation about how we can walk in the freedom that Jesus has made available. Amen? Amen. So the spirit of truth guides us into all truth, and the truth makes us free. So the spirit of truth guides us into freedom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there come times in our lives when we're dealing with a giant. Okay? We're running back to the title here. There's a stone for every giant. So you might be dealing with a giant in your life. Maybe it's a financial problem. Maybe it's something with a health concern in your body. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's, um, you know, opposition that's come because of an idea or a business that God's given you, right? It could be a lot of different things. Maybe it's, you know, opposition to a ministry that you have. I don't know. There are a lot of different things. It's in those times of great difficulty that what our first thing should be is to seek out the truth. 
How do we seek out the truth? By spending time with the spirit of truth. Right? People nowadays, what I'm learning, what I'm learning from people who are more skilled than me, listening to Pastor Craig and, and, and Pastor Nancy and others, is I'm learning that the walk of faith is a walk of total dependence on God. It's being totally dependent on him. We, in our natural minds, think of dependence as a handicap. We say, oh, if I'm dependent on anybody, then something's wrong with me. But God is trying to lead us into dependence on him. Dependence on God is not a place of weakness. It's a place of strength. And I'm listening to people who know more than me and how they talk about, I'm, work, I'm going to give you some examples in a minute and I'm going to tell you some stories, but how they talk about problems that they deal with. And they say, I asked the Lord about this and I asked the Lord about this. How often do we go through things and we don't talk to God about it at all because we can handle it? I heard Pastor Nancy say this. She was at the ladies' conference, actually. She was talking, and she said, I was dealing with some symptoms in my body. And she said, I was asking the Lord about those symptoms that I was dealing with. And I stopped there, and I said, huh, that's something there. She asked the Lord about the symptoms that she was dealing with. Notice, she didn't just start rattling off Scripture. Oh, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Yeah. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. I curse it in Jesus' name, it has to go. Well, listen, there's a place for confessing Scripture and taking, you know, what belongs to you in Christ. Yeah. But she said, I asked the Lord about the symptoms that I was dealing with. And she said God spoke to her and gave her something about it, which I'll tell you later, because that's one of my examples, and I've gotten ahead of myself. But... I'm, I, I said all that to say I'm learning that we can ask the Lord about things that aren't working in our lives. And he is a kind father and will teach us. And he has given us the Holy Spirit who will guide us. So we're not just supposed to assume our way into victory. We're supposed to follow our way into victory. Be led by him into victory. Now, that doesn't, I'm not trying to diminish us putting in place disciplines and us, yeah, you know what? You should have scriptures that you're meditating on, healing scriptures that you're meditating on, whether you're sick or not, because at some point symptoms will come and you'll need to, you know, take your healing by faith and that's fine. But what I'm saying is there's, there's these people who are mature when things happen, they don't just brush it off and wait for it to be done and, and move on. They ask the Lord about it. There's, a, there's an inquiring. There's a, a, a curiosity or a, or, or a desire to learn the ins and outs of why these things are happening. And God speaks to them and gives them clarity about things or shows them the way in that particular situation to get victory. Amen. 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 So I said all that to say this. If you're dealing with a giant, God has freedom for you. God doesn't want you struggling. 
God doesn't want you uh, wrestling your whole life with the same things over and over with these big problems. And you think to yourself, I don't know how they're going to get fixed. Well, guess what? God has a way. God has a recipe for freedom for those situations. Amen. He wants you to dominate over the things that would hinder you. Amen. But in times of difficulty, we have to learn to turn to him. We have to learn to incline our ear to him. Doesn't the Bible say, my son, attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings, keep them in the midst of thy heart? Does it, doesn't it talk about that? Amen. Amen. Why? Because his words are life and medicine and health. If we want to get the power that's in the word, we have to start by attending and inclining. Amen. One minister, uh, we have to make sure that when we're using our faith, that we're not just, I, I, had, I had talked about, you know, Pastor Nancy didn't just say, well, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Because that sounds good. But in that situation, that wouldn't have gotten her the victory that she needed. So we have to make sure that we're walking in faith and not just making motions of faith. Let me give you an example. A minister had a grandson who was taking swimming lessons. And um, his grandson came and was so excited. He said, Grandpa, I'm, uh, I'm taking swimming lessons, and I know how to swim now. He said, oh, you know how to swim. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm really good at swimming. I know how to swim. He said, OK, let's test that theory. And so he pushed him into the deep end of their pool in the backyard. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, this is some tough love. Everybody's like, <gasps> you know. That's not right. But he was there, okay? Um, anyways, he pushed him into the deep end of the pool, and his grandson started making swimming motions. But he was not swimming. He was floundering, and he was you know, taking in a lot of water, and somebody had to get in there and fish him out, okay? Because he was making swimming motions, but he was not swimming. There are times when we make faith motions, but we're not walking in faith. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Spirit of God will lead us into faith. Yes. He'll show us how to walk accurately in faith. Yes. And sometimes when we deal with these problems and um, we're going and we're spouting scripture at it, just spitting in the, you know, getting all worked up with these scripture, but it's not moving, we have to stop and ask ourselves, okay, am I walking in faith or am I just making faith motions? This is the, I'm talking about accuracy in, in, in the, the walk with God right now. You know, I'm talking about being led into victory. You know, anyways. So the walk of faith is the walk of total trust. And um, God can teach us how to get out of every difficulty that we face. Amen. There's a stone for every giant, meaning there's a way out of every problem. But he'll lead us into it. So I want to talk about two ways. Um, I, I said, we mentioned above, the Spirit of God will guide us into all truth, and it's the truth that makes us free, right? You remember that? Well, there are two ways that the truth can come out by the Holy Spirit. Two ways that truth comes out. And so I want to, I want to give you these examples um, in these two categories that I'm going to look at tonight. So if we'll learn to inquire of the Lord and ask him about these situations that we face, he'll lead us in one of these two ways, okay? There may be more. I'm just highlighting the two tonight. So the first way, the first 
I guess you could say, facet of truth that the Spirit will lead us through is the Word. The Word. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, right? Well, the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? And Jesus is the Word made flesh. So we could say it this way, the Word is the way, the truth, and the life. Furthermore, the Bible also says, thy word is truth. So the spirit of truth will always lead us in line with the word of truth. Amen? Whatever he says will always agree with the word. Amen? He will actually lead you into the word. Right? When you mix your faith with the word that he leads you into, then that circumstance will change, right? I'm talking about the Holy Spirit leading you with Scripture. And so you might be going through something, and he will bring up a verse to you. Now, can I say this? He'll only bring up a verse to you if you've taken the time to put it in. People sit around and wait for God to talk to them about things, but they, don't, they mistreat his word. When you mistreat God's word, you mistreat his voice. Yes. So you, you ignore his voice. Are you going to want to talk to somebody who, who continually ignores you? Who continually declines from receiving from your voice? No. No. Well, when we put the word in, what we're doing is we're stocking the shelves of our life with things that God can then bring to our remembrance. Amen? Amen. Um, How many times would you say you've been in the middle of a crisis and thank God the Holy Ghost is right in the middle of that crisis with you and and suddenly a scripture just bubbles up. I, I got into that car accident. I've told you that story years ago. I got into that car accident where I drove on some black ice and I mashed up the axle of my car right on, on the curb and I was on some guy's front lawn, um, literally two minutes from my house at the time. And uh, I'm looking at the car and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I don't think I can maybe drive this back to the driveway. I think this is a little more than a bump. And. Uh, and I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, count it all joy when you fall into diverse tests and trials. He said, count it all joy. And so I said, okay, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know, because, because I fell in, I fell in to trouble because I didn't follow him. I didn't listen to him. Anyways, that's just one example. That wasn't one that I wrote down. Stop that. So the spirit of God, when a scripture comes up and bubbles up in our spirit, that's him guiding you into truth. And that scripture is the key to your exit from the problem. Let me give you some examples. Um, Right before the Miracle Crusade, literally the week before the Miracle Crusade, okay? We were here at the church. As you know, we had a lot going on. There was a lot of renovations, a lot of different things. And so uh, we were, uh, the staff was on demand everywhere. We were on demand everywhere. And uh, we had been, we had updated some of the office furniture that we had and we had gotten new office chairs. Um, And so um, I was in my office and they had put in the new desk that I have and and, and the new desk has a little bit of a a side piece 
and the, and the chair was bigger than the gap left by the side piece in the wall. So I had to lift it uh, above the, the gap, basically, to get it into the place where the chair needed to be. And so, you know, you're taught when you lift, don't lift with your back, right? Lift with your legs. Um, or, you know, just, you, you know, use some of that knee action, you know? I didn't do that. So this chair was heavier than I had thought it was. It doesn't look like it's going to be heavy, but they're heavier than they look. And so I had lifted it, but I lifted with my back. And so I've got the chair in the air. And as I'm putting it down, I feel a snap in my back. And I, I gasped. I went, ah, like that because I, because I felt whatever happened. And so I very quickly put that chair down. And I said, OK. You know, I'm, I, I'm standing, and I feel okay. But then I realize, oh, I can't bend forward. I, like, like, I can't bend at all. And this is not good. We have, uh, this, is, this is literally days before the services are supposed to start. And I need to be able to sit. And I can't even bend to sit down because of whatever it was that tore um, in my back. And so I said, okay, this is, this is not good, but I'm, I'm staying calm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, well, you're not going to do any good freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> right? We, I think that's a lesson we can all learn. When stuff happens, just, just build a habit yeah. that you're not going to freak out. Yeah. Because if you freak out, God can't talk to you anyways. Yeah. Oh, there they go, crying again. Um, you know, so I'm not sitting, I'm not crying about it. I just, I recognize that I'm in pain. And so I got, um, I got somebody to look at my back um, that night and, you know, sort of tell me what I was dealing with. And uh, they, they started to feel around and they said, I, I can feel that something is swollen here. There's, there's something is torn um, and uh, they, so they helped me with some things, and they gave me some exercises. But then uh, this person said to me, and, and they're right in saying this. They're giving me the natural, right? They said, uh, if I were you, I would not just, they, they treated the back, and they, and they did something to, to help me. But then they said, tomorrow, I'm going to come in. I'm going to see you again so that I can treat it again. Because if we don't continually treat it, what's going to happen is it's not going to heal right, and that pain could get worse. Yeah. And so I, I, I said, okay. I, I said, all right, you know. I, I, I let them do it the first time, and I just, you know, whatever. Um, and so I'm at home, and, and y'all, you don't realize how much you bend your body until you can't do it. Yeah. Right? So I'm sitting, and I'm, you know, trying to sit on things, and, you know, uh, just sort of... Uh, physically hurting myself. And every time I get up, there's, ah, because I can feel that thing in my back. And uh, so I said, well, this is not going to do. And I, and I said, I'm not going into the Miracle Crusade like this either. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there ever was a time to get sick, it's during the Miracle Crusade because there's healing uh, available. But I said, I'm not doing that because I don't want anything to hinder me from receiving what I need. So, and I said, furthermore, we're taught all of this faith stuff. If I can't get it on my own, then I don't deserve to be up here talking to all of you. 
So I, so I said, I, I got some scriptures and I was reading through some scriptures and the Lord highlighted a scripture to me. I have a list of healing things that I you know, have written down, but he highlighted a specific one to me while I was reading it. And it was Mark eleven twenty three. And of course we know that says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith, right? And I read that scripture and God spoke to me and he said, speak to the pain in your back. And he said, he said, say this, pain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. That was what he said to me. So I said, so I did what he said. I said, pain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And I would get up and I would feel it. And I would say, pain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And, and I, I would literally imagine like a hand going on my back and taking out that pain and chucking that pain right into the sea. Oh, well, well that's littering. I don't care where it goes. <laughs> As long as it's not in my back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I said, pain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And I went to bed that night. And the next morning I woke up and the pain was gone. Now, something had torn. You know, that's, that's, that's a supernatural healing. Right? But what happened there? The Spirit of God led me to the truth. And that truth was in Mark eleven twenty three, And I mixed my faith with that truth. And I got into freedom. He led me into freedom. Amen? That's an example there. Um, here's another example. Oh, God. My mom, uh, many of you don't know this, but years and years ago, mom was healed of hyperthyroidism which is a condition where basically the thyroid um, overextends itself and it does more than it needs to do. And it was, there were symptoms involved in that, like an elevated heart rate. And so mom had to, you know, I, I remember it as a teenager, <laughs> mom and dad in front of the microwave, you know, and you had to time how many heartbeats were in a specific time because they had to give those measurements to the doctor because her heart rate was elevated. And if uh, basically, how, the way that they treat that in people is they'll remove the thyroid. And then when your thyroid is removed, you have to take medication to replace what the thyroid would have done in your body, yeah. right? And so, I, but what I vividly remember is in the midst of all of that and that negative report, mom used her faith. And there was a scripture that God led you to. And all these years later, I still remember that scripture. She said, God led me to this one in Isaiah 58 and verse 8. And it says, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall, shall spring forth speedily. God led her to that scripture. And so she would say every day as, as the sun came up in the morning, she would say, Thy light shall break forth as the morning, and my health shall spring forth speedily. And it was that scripture that she stood on and the symptoms that were happening in her thyroid, God healed them. But he led her to that verse. And then that verse mixed with her faith brought freedom. Okay, let me give another example. I love this story. Um, 
Pastor Terry Pearson's just told this story, um, and uh, I heard her tell this, about someone that she was very close to. And she received a call from this person. They were in their vehicle and were driving somewhere. And this person called her on the phone while she was at home. It was late at night. And they said to her, I've called to say goodbye. And basically, they were having some symptoms in their body, and they could tell that they were going to die. And so this person said to her, I've called you because I'm, I'm saying goodbye. And so, you know, obviously that's not a good report. So she's, so she's trying to figure out where this person is. Because they're on the road somewhere, pulled over. So she said, they're, you know, they described where they were. And they were able to, the, her husband was on the phone with 911. He was able to direct the paramedics to where she was. So they got uh, that person who Pastor Terry was close to. And so her and her husband are on their way to the hospital. And they, and she's, you know, praying in the spirit. And as she's praying in the spirit, a scripture comes up to her, into her heart. And that scripture is Psalm 91 in the Amplified Classic. And she's saying, Lord, I don't need Psalm 91 right now. She said, I need a healing scripture for this person. They're dealing with symptoms. But she said, what kept coming was Psalm 91. And so she started saying Psalm 91, which in the Amplified says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. And so she's going through Psalm 91 because that's what the Spirit of God is directing her to. And she's speaking Psalm 91 over this person. And so they arrive at the hospital and they let, they let her in to go see this person. And the doctors told her, listen, she's going to die. There's no way out of this. She's having a rolling heart attack. Now, a rolling heart attack is a heart attack that doesn't stop. So it's continual. It's, it's just a cycle. And basically, when it stops, the heart stops. Okay, and so they're just keeping her comfortable. They said uh, she won't last much longer. So Pastor Terry went by this person, got, got real close to her, and she knelt down and she started whispering in her ear Psalm 91 in the Amplified Classic. And she said, I believe that you dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And she said, and you shall remain Stable. And when she said stable, the Holy Ghost came in and said, emphasize that word, stable, stable. So she said, stable, stable, stable. And whilst, as she said that word, the doctors ran in and said, she's stabilizing. Come on, let's get her, let's get her. She's stabilizing. And so they got in and that woman's heart attack stopped and her condition stabilized. Wow. Why? Because the right word was spoken in that situation. How was she to, look, the word knew the answer. The spirit knew the answer that she needed for that person. What if she had confessed a regular old healing scripture? Listen, I'm not saying that the word doesn't work. The word does work. But there are specific words for specific situations and the Holy Spirit will lead us into victory in specific situations. That woman's life was spared 
That would have resulted in death. You understand that? But the word knew the answer. And she spoke forth what the spirit led her into. Amen? So don't get in the rut of confessing the same scripture over and over again when you have symptoms in your body. That's a rut. Find, you know, uh, meditate on the word. Equip yourself with the word. But then allow the spirit of God to lead you into what you need to know for that moment. Amen? That means you need to read and study the word. Amen? Amen. Notice God brought that to her in the Amplified Classic. Okay, that's a wordy version, all right? But it had that word that she needed, stable. I love that story. I love that. Okay, so the first section that we talked about is how the Spirit of God leads us into the word. The second section that I want to talk about with the time that we have left is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, will lead us into... I've. I've I don't really have a good name for this, but I've called it specific truths not found in Scripture. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, the Holy Spirit will say something to you that you can't necessarily find in the Word, but that still agrees with it. Because He won't violate the Word. But it's a specific thing that you need to know for your situation. And that thing that He says to you is the word because it's it's God speaking to you and if you mix your faith with that thing it will lead you into freedom amen um what the Holy Ghost says will always agree with the word but it may not be found in it specifically and I wrote this down the walk of faith is energized and perfected through fellowship with God so the Holy Spirit will say things to you and those things will help you to walk in faith in your particular situation. Follow the things that he says about your situation because your answer is connected to your obedience to do what he says. Amen? Sometimes he'll lead you into a verse. Sometimes he will give you an instruction. But whatever it is, that thing that he says is the truth. And if you will obey that truth, it will make you free. Amen? So I want to bring back to you that story that I had talked about about Pastor Nancy. You remember? I had said that she was dealing with symptoms in her body. And, and she, she had started to ask the Lord about them. She said, Lord, what of these symptoms? And God spoke to her. And he said this to her. He said, Nancy, there is a harvest that you are entitled to receive of healing because you sow healing into others. So because you have set yourself in obedience to lay hands on the sick with that healing anointing that he's given her, he said there's a harvest for her to reap of health. When you, right, when you sow, Bible says, when you sow honor, you reap honor. When you sow finance, you reap finance. When you, you know, when you, well, when you sow laying hands on the sick, you can reap a harvest of healing. And so God said that to her and she said, oh, that's wonderful. And mixed her faith with that. I believe you, Father, for the harvest that I am to receive. Uh, And so this, these symptoms have to leave my body. And they did. She didn't just spew scriptures at it. I'm trying to teach you tonight 
that there is a higher way of operating than us just launching confession, launching scripture at the things that we don't like in our lives. How about we ask the Holy Spirit, who's our helper, who is the spirit of truth, who is assigned to guide us into truth that will make us free. Amen. Maybe not a rip-roaring sermon tonight, but it's something that will help you. It will help you. It will help you when you're struggling. Amen. This is a funny story for you. It's about me. I wish the stories that I tell about me weren't funny. But it's, it's dumb, but it'll help you. I was in Bible school. I was in, I would have been in first year Bible school at this point, so I'm 20 years old. Wow, that was 10 years ago. My God. Um, uh, so I was 20, and um, we were, uh, you know, doing, doing our thing, and we're, we came, and we're sitting under the Word, and we're, we're learning faith, you know? And it's very exciting. And I remember I was living with a couple other guys that were going to the school, and I noticed that every morning when I would wake up, I would have these symptoms in my body, just like cold symptoms, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, bless God, not on my watch. You know, this is not going to happen to me. I'm a Bible school student. I'm learning faith. No, these symptoms aren't going to stay in my body. And they were, it was like every day for a period of time that I, I was having these. And so I'm going at it with the word. Uh-uh. Symptoms, you get out of my body in Jesus' name. You have no right to be there. You're a violator. And I would go about my day, and the symptoms would go, but then I would wake up in the morning, and I would still have these symptoms. Uh, and I'm just, you know, I'm puzzled, because I'm a Bible school student, and I'm learning faith, and I'm using my faith, and I shouldn't be having this. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget it. I, I was getting ready for class one day, and I had opened my closet, and I was getting ready and I just so happened to glance over at the window that was in my room. And I noticed that it was open. And I heard, I kid you not, this is how he said it too. I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, he said, close the window. <laughs> I promise you, this is a real life thing that happened to me. Close the window, just like that. And, um, you know, I did the walk of shame over to the window, and I closed it, and I didn't have those symptoms ever again. In that case, there was a truth that I needed, and he led me into it, probably laughing at me while doing it. But nevertheless, you know, I, I think we would be surprised at some of the reasons why we go through some of the things that we do. And we're out here thinking it's demons. We're you know, out here thinking it's a messenger of Satan, the thorn in our flesh. You know, that, oh, we're just so spiritual and the devil is opposing us. When actually it's just something dumb like that. You know, and if we took the time to listen... You know, anyways, so that's my story. Not as exciting. Sorry about that. I want to tell you these two stories and then we'll close, okay? But uh, 
Um, a couple of ministers, this is another example of this, how the Spirit leads you into the truth that you need. A couple of ministers, they were pastoring a church, and uh, they were having problems in that church. People were leaving, getting offended. There were different things, and really a, a loss was coming into the church, and they couldn't figure out why. You know, they're not doing anything differently than they had been doing. They certainly weren't teaching wrong doctrine or anything like that. It's just they, they, they just didn't know. And these problems are persisting. So um, they, I want you to notice what they did. They took time to pray and to fast and to seek God. And they, because why? They're having problems and they don't, can't figure out why. So they need to know why so they can fix the problems. And so they took time to pray and fast. And in that praying and fasting, God said this to these ministers. Uh, it was actually to the minister's wife that God said this. God said, you have believed a lie and acted on it as though it were truth. And that's why the problems were happening. And so she's, she's sitting and obviously, you know, that's kind of a serious deal. You believe a lie and you acted as though it was truth. And God brought her to a memory. And in this memory, somebody had said something to her that was about her. And it was a criticism to her. But in the, in the spirit of wanting to be humble and not wanting to feel, you know, whatever, she received what that person said. And when she received what that person said, she didn't realize it, but what it did for her was it caused her to stand back from her responsibilities. And she stood back really from the place that God had authorized her to stand in. And it was a criticism that somebody had given to her. And she's, she, you know, you want to be somebody who can take criticism, but make sure the criticism that you're listening to is coming from God. And not from somebody who doesn't hear what you've heard or from somebody who uh, really has bad intentions or a wrong motive. Yeah. And in that case, that person's words, God did not agree with those person's yeah. words. Yeah. Right. But she received them and she stood back from her place in pastoring that church. And when she stood back, the devil got in. Yeah. Now, you wouldn't look at a church having problems and say oh, well, that's probably because there's a problem with the pastor having received a criticism in her personal life. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit knew. Yeah. Yeah. The Spirit of Truth knew. Yeah. The issue wasn't solved by putting in a program to get more people to come to church. Right. Yeah. The issue wasn't solved by teaching the people how to walk in love. Well, you all need to walk in love because you're all fighting and yelling at people. The issue was solved by going to God and saying, Lord, what's the truth that I need to know that will bring us into freedom from this issue? Yes. Amen. And God showed her, you believed a lie and acted on it as though it were the truth. And she and her husband, she told her husband what happened. They repented before God and immediately things started to pick up in the church again. Because she took that place that was hers to occupy. Amen? I want to tell you this, and I'm going to close. Okay? Uh, there's another minister, and um, 
there was a, a serious situation that happened in their personal lives, this minister and her husband. And she was, she, she said she was in her house and she was standing and a thought came to her about this situation. And in that split second, you know how thoughts work, you know, it's just a split second, one minute it's there, one minute it's not. But in that split second where she had the opportunity to decide, am I gonna take this thought or am I gonna answer it? She said, I took the thought. And she said, when I took the thought, an atmosphere came into the room and she said, I was bedridden because of the weight of that thing that, that, that assignment came with. Because I took the thought. Look what happens when you take a thought that you're not supposed to. We gotta, we gotta be the masters of our minds, you know? But anyways, she was bedridden over this thing that, that was happening. It was a legitimate situation in her life, but not every situation needs to take us out. Really, no situation should be taking us out. Not when we, the greater one lives on the inside of us. Anyway, she took the thought and um, she realized that she was, it knocked the wind out of her. And so she, she had said, you know, I, I did what I was taught to do. And I started to pray in the Holy Ghost. And she said she prayed and prayed and prayed. And the Holy Ghost came on her. And she prayed for about seven hours in tongues. Just praying, praying, praying. Why? Because she had to get herself out of that stupor that she was in. And it took seven hours to get her out of her head and into her heart. But she prayed for seven hours. And at the end of that seven hours, God spoke to her and he said this, you have misplaced your identity. You need to recalibrate your identity to who you are in me. Because you've placed your identity in your position or in your name. And her identity was not in him. And so what was that? The Spirit of God led her, guided her into the truth that would make her free. Sometimes the truth is not what we want to hear. You don't want to hear that you misplaced who you are in Christ. You don't know who you are, especially as a minister. That's not a novice, but she misplaced who, her, her identity. And so what did she do? She, God then led her to feed on a particular minister. And this minister had a great proficiency, great skill in ministering on who, who you are in Christ. And she said, day and night, night and day, for weeks and weeks and weeks, I listened to that. Why? Because I had to recalibrate. I had to get it in me. And she said, at the end of that season of that intensive feeding, um, I got back to where I needed to be. There was freedom for her. And the Spirit of God led her into it. He led her into it. What does that mean? Well, uh, it, it means that we need to learn to take time to hear. Yes. We need to take time to hear. When we're struggling, when things are happening to us, God is not disgusted by your mess. Let him in. Amen. Let him in. Let him in. He wants to come in so he can help you. He loves us, and he doesn't want us to struggle. So we have to take time to listen. Number two, we have to humble ourselves so that we can hear and listen to what's said. 
Pride says I can do it on my own. Humility says I can do nothing apart from him. Amen? And then thirdly, mix your faith with the instruction that he gives. Amen? We, we could say this way. There's a stone for every giant. So the instruction that the Holy Ghost gives, whether it's a verse or whether it's a, a specific truth that's pertinent to your situation, that's like the stone that goes in the sling. But when you mix your faith with that, with that stone, what you're doing is you've picked up your sling and you're whirling that and you're whir- whirling it up or whatever you call it so that you can release it at that giant. Let me tell you something. It was not a stone that killed Goliath. It was David's faith that killed Goliath. It was David's faith that turned that stone so that it was like a bullet. Because a rock, a little rock, isn't going to kill somebody. But when faith carries that rock, now it becomes a weapon that can kill a soldier. You know, a giant soldier, (laughs) you know, the word of God is powerful. It's alive, but it doesn't work for us unless we mix our faith with it. So find, get close to the Holy Spirit, spend time in fellowship with him and then inquire of him about the situations that you deal with. And then he will lead you into the truth that you need to know so that you can walk in freedom. Amen.